0: going on everybody? Hello again and welcome back to another episode of The Welch Report with me, Jean-Luc Welch. Make some noise, clap it up and get excited wherever you are. We are back as we always are, every week with another action-packed, jam-packed, exciting episode for you today covering the world of sports and this episode covering the world of boxing that's right two big fights coming down the pipe this weekend and on november 25th of course november 25th talking about dave and the versus demetrius boobu andre for the interim wbc super middleweight Title, of course, the ones that is in lieu to put, to keep on their fast track to the biggest payday in all of boxing—a fight versus Canelo. Both people have deemed to be ducked. Both people have deemed to be afraid or be feared by the rest of the division. Both people have found it hard to make fights, but they made a fight with each other. How was this fight going to go? Who is going to win? Does Demetrius Andre even have a shot? Andre Andrade, however you say it. Does he even have a shot to get over the hump that is a Mexican monster? Or will David Benavidez keep on trucking too? But before we cover that, we have to cover what's happening this weekend with Shakur Stevenson versus Edwin De Los Santos, the very explosive power puncher for the vacant WBC Lightweight Championship. How is this fight going to go? Who will win? What does Edwin need to do? What does Shakur need to do? What will the outcome ultimately be? My predictions for both and much more we will cover on this show today. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining into the best show in the world. the Watch- we well, are we'll trying to get there. And we did it. My goodness, hold on both dead. We done got there. We did it. We got to 500 subscribers. We crossed the threshold. Got past the line. Thanks so much to all you pulled double duty trying to get them shorts edited to get people more out there and more exposed. I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can to get this marketing done. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's a cutthroat business, but it's a business I'm willing to do for you all we want to build this community as big as it can be. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making this milestone active. Possible Achievable Attainable Oh I just unlocked some stuff That I can do with the YouTube Creators of, uh, Whatever the term is uh, We can we, we, we almost there We almost there That money's about to be Coming down the pipe Yes sir uh, <laughs> Not too not to sound greedy, but <laughs> gotta I mean, I do what I gotta do, but you know what I mean. You know what it's all about. it's all love, all support, all thanks for you, the listeners and viewers. And again, we're available on every podcasting platform, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on it and if we ain't on it we gonna get there trust and believe right us five stars everywhere yada 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 you know the spiel share it with everybody and let's build up this empire to get oh by the way i forgot on youtube like we always say leave a like on the video comment your thoughts and opinions on whatever the world we talk about on this show whether you love it or hate it please i want to hear and i will engage oh you better believe it we don't run from nobody in these comments absolutely as well as share the show with everybody you know and Subscribe to the channel, yes sir, so we can keep on building up this milestone of an event. Next road to a thousand. That's right, and we're gonna get there quick as a hiccup. All because y'all have been so supportive. So thank you again so much from the bottom of my heart. Really do appreciate it. But with all that out the way, done spent what four minutes on the intro. This might be one of the longest I've done. Let's get all the niceties out the way. We got to talk about boxing. We gotta talk about combat sports. So that means it is time to step into the ring. <laughs> That's right. Ring the bell. Let's get it started. Let's get this whole show underway. Round one of the show. <laughs> Talking about the event happening this weekend: Shakur versus Santos. Shakur even the versus Edwin de la Santos for the vacant WBC lightweight. To provide, title, excuse me, at 135 pounds, to provide some backdrop to this whole affair, Shakur Stevenson, one of the biggest riding stars in all of boxing that we've covered multiple times on this show, one of the better technical boxers in all of the sport, distance control, incredible, 20-0, and 0, 10 KOs, looking to become a champion, lightweight lightweight division, versus Edwin Delosanto, 16-1, 14 KOs, 88% power or 88% excuse me 1% is by knockout all but two fights have ended Uh, as you can see off but two fights have ended in his wins by KO this man is a bona fide puncher this man he can crack he's legit his power his record isn't padded in terms of what his actual ability can be no this man can go this man can put your lights out legitimately but does he have enough in his toolkit to actually get the job done against one of the best boxers purely talented and purely skill-wise in the world today in called Stevenson well let's break it down shall we what does Santos bring to the table what does Edwin De Los Santos bring to the table when it comes to Shakur Stevenson well like I said before he is incredibly fast he's incredibly quick he is somebody who is explosive on top of excuse me I didn't say that before on top of the power that I just lauded over he's got legitimate speed he is a very explosive boxer not just in terms of punching I'm talking about just movement as a whole he's incredibly athletic this is the man who can dart in and out of the ring more likely wants to dart in rather than darting in and out he's more of a jump in type of fighter he will go way back and then close the gap in a heartbeat right before at the drop of a hat in the form of a hiccup and then what do you know? bang he'll hit you with a shot in whichever hand he wants to go but favors the power left hand that's right that left hand that he has in his arsenal is deadly is lethal lethal is something that is to be legitimately concerned about if you're Shakur Stevenson because it can come from many different angles it can come from many different vantage points and it can be used both as a means to check you and a means to take you out in a heartbeat it is a very dangerous Dangerous weapon in the hands of Santos, and top of the fact that I talked about the athleticism, his athleticism allows for him to really be able to make up for any mistakes that he has in the ring. By mistakes, I mean, let's say he jumps in too far and oh, he gets caught or he gets a little bit off balance. He's athletic enough physically to be able to still recover and still with his just twitch or, or excuse me, fast twitch abilities, he, he's able to still rectify the mistake get out of dodge and be safe and continue his onslaught coming forward or rather continue his ability to be safe and then come back in for another darting very surprising attack that's what he likes to do again i say darting in and out he doesn't dart in and out just boom 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 but he does at times close distance make distance close distance make distance. That's what he likes to do he's not necessarily gauging distance per se in terms of like we see with Shakur his distance is I'm completely out and then boom boom give you different looks and then boom completely dart back in get you get you get you get you get you will stay in the pocket don't get me wrong he will stay in the pocket but his game plan isn't just solely pot shot, pot shot, or rather power shot, power shot, get completely out, but he has that ability to do so, but his ability to jump back and run the ropes with his athletic ability, he makes him hard to track, makes him hard to guard, has very underrated footwork, and I know we use the term underrated often, but his ability to legitimately use footwork with his in line with his athletic ability makes him somebody that can be hard to track when he does want to stay on the outside and when he does want to stay defensive. He's got a a legitimate slickness to him that he can implement. So there's a lot of different things that make him a very tough opponent for Shakur Stevenson. He might be one of the most dangerous opponents that we've seen Shakur go up against in terms of, and this is where the distinction comes in with De Los Santos, Raw talent, raw talent. He is one of the most dangerous people that we've seen go up against. Yes, we know he faced Oscar Valdez. I get the, yes, I know he won a title before. Again, beat Oscar Valdez. I can understand that completely. Oscar Valdez is a very recognized champion. Somebody who's willing to find anybody very tough, very strong, willing to go for a broke. We know what Oscar Valdez is, but we also understand when looking at Oscar Valdez versus looking at, versus looking at Edwin De Los Santos, they're different fighters. They're different fighters. And you're looking at a man who, in De Los Santos, who, let's be perfectly honest, is more explosive. and is more dangerous in terms of how his game plan can be implemented against Shakur Stevenson rather than what we saw against Oscar Valdez when it came to Shakur Stevenson. Because Oscar Valdez, again, phenomenal champion, phenomenal fighter. But like we saw against Shakur and like we saw against Emmanuel Neverete, he is, to an extent, a one-trick pony that's not bad that's just what he is again wow one trick but it works one trick for Oscar Valdez it's been working for coming forward the true Mexican type style of boxer that he is it's worked phenomenal we get it I understand we've covered him counter-puncher, willing to throw hooks, will be willing to trade, can turn it into a brawl will attack the body and the head. If he gets you in the corner, he can be incredibly dangerous and relentless, we understand that. But it's still, how he goes about doing it is a one-faceted style. Though it's a good one for him. When it comes to Edwin Delos Santos, even if his style is one-track, one, one one-minded, per se, in terms of what he likes to do, which is, use his explosiveness to, close the distance, and then land combinations on the inside, and then if he's having success, he'll stay in the pocket, and if not, okay, then he'll escape, and then use that athleticism, to run the ropes, per se, or get back in safe distance. The way that he can make that one trick work, is a lot more diverse, than the way that we saw Alex do it. That's what could give, Stevenson a lot of trouble. That's what could give him a lot of trouble. Because one of the, and this is how he can win the fight. Now that we've seen what he can bring to the table. Oh, his jab also is very, very, very good. One of the biggest weapons in closing the distance is shooting out that very quick jab coupled with his explosiveness and closing the gap from way far out. That is one of his best weapons, along with his, again, left hook. But how we can win this fight specifically, it's the fact that that ability to close the distance at such a fast pace and such an instantaneous rate, is something that can give Shakur major trouble in trying to differentiate where the sweet spot in distance control is for Shakur. Because again, we know who Shakur is. we covered Shakur before. One of the best controllers of the ring and one of the of this generation and one of the best distance managers that we've seen in boxing in in, in of this generation. Phenomenal. He's great at it. His whole thing about boxing is I don't need to move 10 feet back or 10 feet to the side to make sure I got my range right. I can stand right in front of you, take half a step back and be completely out of where you can hit me, yet be in range to do whatever I want it is to you. Brooke, always defensive, incredibly fast, great feet, phenomenal defense, phenomenal jab, especially now that he's gained the weight at 135. Now he's got some power. Didn't he just knock out No, uh, is it Noshino? I believe that was his name. Knocked out Noshino when he was trying to. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying the name right. If I'm not, please correct me. Absolutely, but. Knocked him out when he was getting dogged on for his power. I believe he's ended his past four fights by KO. For being completely honest, he's gotten the power now that he's moved up in weight. grown into his real manly body. Again, was a youngin' coming into the game. Of course, he's always been young, but you get what I'm saying. He's now starting to mature physically and reaching his peak of athleticism. And as that goes on, he's going to keep moving up in weight and consistently gain more power while keeping that great phenomenal speed footwork, body control, and distance management and depth perception that he's got that is uncanny out of everybody in boxing. We understand that. That still doesn't mean, with all of that being said, that he can't be given trouble by Edwin with Edwin's ability to be incredibly fast at closing distance and then darting back out. That speed can give Shakur some trouble. That speaking gives Shakur some serious problems engaging where and when to throw the shots necessary to catch Edwin like he wants to and make it so that he's always in control. It's a legitimate thing because you're dealing with, again, raw talent in terms of Edwin De Los Santos. He's got the tools physically to give him a lot of trouble and potentially win this fight. And because he's raw, he's not as polished, again, raw talent. He's not as refined. He's not as buffed out as we see with Shakur Stevens, who's, again, a a mastermind of a boxer. But with that rawness comes unpredictability. Couple that unpredictability with great speed, both in the feet and in the hands, it breeds an environment to make Shakur really have to work to get the distance right in order for him to take control of the fight like we've seen him do multiple times against multiple opponents all throughout his career. That's been one of the biggest things. And with that unpredictability can come a legitimate weakness that we could see get exposed, which is the body of Shakur Stevenson. Whether you want to admit it or not, I'm not saying he's weak to the body, but we have seen him get hurt before. Again, Oscar Valdez caught him to the body. In fact, Sean Porter pointed out on his podcast when they were covering the fight as well. Shakur got hurt to the body by Oscar Valdez. It is the truth. He hit it incredibly well. Absolutely, he did. Again, carried himself like a champion. Went on to win the fight. Dominated for the most part. Absolutely. God doesn't change the fact that we saw something that could potentially give him trouble. With all the boxing ability, there is a, a there is a focal point that can be hit to the body that can potentially shift the trajectory of what can happen in this fight. Now, you couple that with being able to close the distance and make it so that Shakur whiffs on a counter, and you then have an opening to land a body shot with the power that we see Edwin De Los Santos have legitimately at his disposal, it could spell some real trouble if things go south for Shakur Stevens. So it's not out of the question that we could either see Shakur get hurt and then get put in trouble, or we could see the distance management of Shakur not happen up until late in the fight. And by that time, potentially, with the raw unpredictability of Edwin Delos Santos, it could be too little too late, potentially. And it'll be forced that Shakur is going to have to score a knockdown and or knockout to potentially win the fight. If it went that way. That's how I would see Edwin Del Santos winning. Because he's not going to be able to outbox him. He's just not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to outbox him. We understand that. We know that. We know this. Again, great boxer in his own respect. Well, he's not going to be able to outbox him. Again, raw versus refined. He's not going to be able to outbox him. But if he can turn this into a, a, a miss management control on Shakur's part with him being raw and unpolished having the ability to make his distance management very hard to mitigate could take away one of Shakur Stevenson's greatest weapons which then would take away the absolute control that would see from Shakur Stevenson which then would allow Edwin to be able to have a real shot at pulling out an upset victory becoming a champion and potentially putting himself in line for the upper echelon of the division in all the boxing with the lightweight division at 135 pounds. We can can legitimately see that. It's not out of the question. So that's how we could see Edwin Delos Santos actively win this fight. But that doesn't mean that I haven't won this fight. Who I have won this fight is Shakur Stevenson. And the reason why I got Shakur Stevenson winning this fight it's due to the fact that while what I said could possibly happen with Edwin De Los Santos, I don't see it happening as the absolute route to win. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see, I believe we're going to see, Shakur Stevenson, like we've seen him do before, get the distance, gauge the distance, lock in the distance, and never let control of the fight go from his grasp for the rest of the, for the, rest of the night. What do you rest tonight? Jab him as he's coming in. Counter him with shots consistently. Allow for Edwin to get frustrated and overcommit after as he's getting outboxed, and then, boom, catch him with the hook, knock him down, and then from there close the show. That's what I see happening because Shakur Stevenson is too refined of a boxer. At this point in his career. That we, we again. We're seeing a different type of Shakur. Now we're seeing a Shakur. That doesn't only need to rely on boxing acumen. To get the job done. Now we're seeing a Shakur. That can legitimately pop. And once you unravel the power inside you. As a boxer. As you mature. Or if you already have it. It changes the way that you can approach a fight. It changes the way that you can approach. The. Sweet science of boxing changes the way that you can have or changes the openings and avenues that you have in your ability to win a fight, which then earns you confidence, which then makes it easier for you to take control of a fight when you hit your stride. That's exactly what Chico Stevens is going to do. Going to be able to get, the, get the, the distance control, going to be able to to judge and mitigate De Los Santos to do what he wants to do. Going to get him frustrated, going to catch him, and is going to knock him out. Probably knock him down multiple times and then knock him out later on in the fight. That's what's going to happen. Get Edwin De Los Santos not to be able to jump in and out anymore. Not be able to use his athleticism to his peak because now that athleticism is working against him because he's not jumping into opportunities to punch. He's jumping into opportunities to get punched. And then from there, it'll just be uh, only a matter of time until Shakur inevitably overwhelms Edwin Santos, And then we get a new WBC champion at lightweight in Shakur Stevens, continuing the rise of a great prominent boxer in his young career. And the biggest reason why all of that's going to work and why I say that, even despite... out. Even outside of the counterpunch, even outside of the innate boxing, just a th- gauge that he has in him, the ability to perceive and react before stuff even happens, and Shakur Stevens, the great generalship that he's got at such a high level, beyond that, is the fact that more than anything else, again, I said that Edwin Santos was wrong. That rawness leads, again, to unpredictability, but at the same time, patterns that come up in his game that he hasn't learned to get out. Of. And it's mainly his guard. And his guard acts as a tail. That tell being when he's going to be aggressive and when he's going to be defensive. When he stands in a more defensive, like, not, not, not going to call it a Philly shell, but with his power hand, up to his chin, and lead hand down by his side. He's defensive. He's throwing straights. He's throwing jabs. He's not necessarily looking to lunge inside. Instead, he's looking to be more, manage the space, manage the distance. Get out, reset, and then get to a spot where he's comfortable with inside the ring. Make you miss. Looking to legitimately be a defensive fighter. And if he does throw combinations, he'll throw jabs, he'll throw straights. And then from there, he will then throw hooks if he's got an opening. But he'll get back on defense. But when he's got it, when he's in a high guard, guard up by his face, that's when he's gonna get aggressive. That's when he gets to the point where he's throwing power shots. He's setting traps. He's looking to throw a hook. He's looking to land that lead left hand. Or, or or, in his case, the power left hand because it's so it's so strong. It's one of his favorite punches. Looking to land that left hook. Looking to land hooks in general. Looking to land power shots. Looking to close the distance and do damage. That's when he wants to do it. When he's in that high guard. Looking to set you up to catch the catch a shot on his block counter with the power shot of his own or because he gets too eager for that countering opportunity, end up just throwing a power jab into a hook or just a power shot into another power shot in general. If he's in the more defensive-like stance, slick jabs, some straights, but more so defensively might. When he gets in a high guard, now he's looking to put some damage on him. And those two tells, when he fights in two distinct styles, when he switches between those two types of guards, it's something that Shakur is going to pick up on. It's something that Shakur is going to actively take advantage of. And he's going to do away with. Which is why we can see this fight in very early. Because by round two, or rather by round one, we can see Shakur Stevenson pick up on that Tell that he has on when he's going to be aggressive and when he's going to be defensive and then just operate from there with the greatest of ease. Again, rawness leads to as much unpredictability as it does to predictability because you don't, again, you don't know what you're going to do when you're raw. I get it. But at the same time, When you figure out what leads to the mindset that you have in terms of your game plan, oh, then you're easy to figure out. Because now your Rogers is working against you, and you don't have another way to get out of or mitigate a new game plan to make it so that you are again unpredictable. And that's what we're going to see with Shakur Stevenson. From round one, most likely, with how frequently and how in your face it is. When you notice it, for when De Los Santos switches between stances, switches between attack and defense mode, it becomes now very apparent that we will see Shakur Stevenson pick up on those tendencies, pick up on that tail, and, and render Edwin De Los Santos' game plan, athleticism, skill set and power all null and void. Again, anything can happen in boxing. We understand it. But we're going to see Shakur Stevenson just do whatever he wants in the ring because of that one big window of opportunity, which will be essentially a literal changing of the guard in how Edwin De Los Santos is going to approach the fight at any given moment. If it's a high guard, he's going to be aggressive. If it's a more defensive guard, he's going to be defensive. And he doesn't do either one unless he's in those specific guards. For the, m- for the most part in his ability to fight. And what I've seen and studying him. It's a tale of two people. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Legitimately. In terms of when he switches it on and off. When he's going to use all of his athletic ability. Versus when he's going to be more defensive. And both of those situations is going to give he, Shakur a legitimate reason to say, "Oh, yeah, this fight is going to be easy," and walk through Edwin de Los Santos. And for my prediction, I got this fight. If he does pick up on that as on that tail as quickly as I can see Shakur doing it, it'll probably be done in five. Again, with the added power that we're going to see in, Chicord Stevens, and now that he's again moving up. I've talked about it before, but also we've seen Edwin del Santos get hurt before to the to the head on a hook while inside and get countered. Again, you got, what, what was it of uh, but the brother's name started with the V that he was up against? I can't not 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 um, not valentinus I I forget it's, the name is escaping me. The name started with the V. White dude, I believe, he was fighting up against. Also had legitimate power. But sloppy technique, especially compared to what we see in Shakur Stevenson. And he caught Santos with a hook on the inside and knocked him down. Had him hurt legitimately. So, no, it's absolutely possible that we can see the Santos get knocked out in five or earlier. Absolutely. And that's what I think is going to happen. Either get knocked out in five or get stopped in nine. Eight, excuse me. Knocked out in five or get stopped by the referee. Eight. That's what I can see happening. Or a unanimous decision. And then a new WBC lightweight champion. Which is going to be incredible. And now we're one step closer to seeing potentially Shakur versus Tank. As this fight progresses, we've been asking okay. When's it going to happen? We've had a, such a great year of big fights. Will this translate over the next year? Well, if this fight goes like I think it's going to go, like we all expected to go, we could then now see Shakur and Tank get into the ring with each other. Because again, the lightweight division now is completely vacant. It's completely vacant. In terms of a champion. And with Shakur Stevenson being in there right now, it's. At this point, his division to really come up and take. Yes, you got Lomachenko, I understand that. Yeah, you got Kambosos, who I respect. But as of this moment in time, there's a reason why Shakur has been one of the more ducked opponents by other opponents. And it's due to his all-in-all incredible skill set. And even though Lomachenko's still one of the best boxers, again, he's not in the pound-for-pound top ten. No, it's not. But he's still, from a talent perspective, still one of the best boxers in the world. That is undeniable. Again, fought to what could have been a draw and or a win. In my eyes, a win against Devin Haney in an incredibly close fight. But However you saw it is however you saw it. It's a close fight, and you can argue for either one. No disrespect to anybody who was in that fight. Win or lose. Devin Haney or long Phenomenal fight. Loved it. Though he's still in the division, it's still right now Shakur's for the take. We could see Shakur take every title. We could see Shakur become the man. We could see Shakur potentially then get on a collision courts for Javante Tank Davis. Because now it will be inevitable. Or it could be the other way around. Either way. It could be Tank that gets on the belts and then boom. If he does go after the belts, boom. Now, Shakur versus Tank. Either way, this fight is going to be a stepping stone to a bigger stage that we've all been waiting on. Who's going to win if that fight does happen? I'll well, have a breakdown on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you all everything now. Hold on, now we got, to, we got, to, we got to have content for the show. But in terms of if that fight will happen, yes, it will. It has to. And now more than ever, the stage is set. Because regardless of what Tank has said in the past, regardless of what other boxers may have said about not needing titles, I'm bigger than the title, doesn't matter. Because at some point in time, the belt holder becomes unavoidable for the other opponent's legacy. Whether you think that opponent is bigger than them or not, you can't run away. You can't do it. You have to give him the opportunity. You have to give him the fight. You have to take on the challenge. Again, I'm not claiming somebody's running or another. That's, that's not what this show is about. Strictly saying in the timeline of boxing right now, we've been talking about collision courses with Shakur versus Haney. Shakur versus Tank. When is he going to fight either one of them? Haney moved up to 140. Will Shakur go and chase him? All, all these other storylines. Will we ever see Shakur and Tank actually get on with each other? All of this stuff has been swirling around. Absolutely. The rumor mill has been going awry. Now, with this fight, with a le- with a secured, legitimate title around his waist, he now becomes, in that division at 135, which I believe is where Tank is right now, unavoidable. For anybody who wants to get their name in the hat of, I am a dominant person in the world of boxing, more than just talent. Now, I got accolades to go with it. That's what we could see. Shakur, that's what we could see happen with Shakur Stevenson, and Tank Davis, as the timeline of sports goes forward. Finally, we get the clashes that we've been waiting on from those two fighters, and then from there, we then get whoever wins that fight, either does two things: goes undisputed, or moves up to fight at 140, and get to Devin Haney who, again, ruled the division. Either way, we're starting to see all these different roads now start to come together as one. Because this is the opportunity where, okay, now one of the big, one of the three, Haney, Shakur, and Tank, got a belt. And at that point, two of the three are now in the same division something's got to give something has to happen it's got to at this point and most likely we could see tank versus Shakur. and if that fight goes down it's going to be something to behold i can't wait for that fight to happen oh my gosh you want to talk about a real technical affair with fireworks left right and center that would be a joy to watch then you will have somebody with the physical gifts in Shakur to legitimately give Tank some trouble. Again, what Ryan Garcia's body was in comparison to Tank with the legitimate boxing mind and the legitimate boxing IQ that Tank has. That's what you got in Shakur Stevens. Somebody who's on Tank's level mentally when it comes to this boxing game and has the physical capabilities to give him some legitimate trouble. Do everything that I said Ryan Garcia should have done against Tank to give him the best shot of winning. Shakur can do that and more. More refined, polished, beyond reproach. Phenomenal boxer. With now legitimate pop behind his punches to give Tank some real problems if he does get countered. And then Tank with the, again, boxing acumen on the level of Shakur Stevenson with the Pound for pound level power and explosiveness, my goodness, that's going to give Shakur fits in trouble. It's going to be a great fight to see, and I can't wait for it. Absolutely. It's going to be a phenomenal show. Phenomenal show to witness, and I cannot wait for it. And you shouldn't need it. Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be a joy. It's going to be a joy. You better believe it right now. And But now that we've covered that, we now have to move on to the world of the super middleweights. With David Benavides versus Andrade, boo boo Andre, Andrade, Andre, Andreas, I'm telling you, I've heard so many pronunciations of his name, it's getting a little bit tough. So I'm a, I'm a, I I'm, might say all three, I might stick with one, please, but forgive me if that's my fault. Also, somebody in the comments told me, because again, y'all have, me, y'all have corrected me before with me saying Tim Tzu when it's actually Tim Tzu. I apologize for that. I haven't forgotten. It Tim sue I got it now. I got it now. Tim Su. understandable. I apologize for saying it wrong. So please keep on correcting me if I get something wrong in the comments. But with that being said, now with David Benavidez versus Shakur Stevenson, or excuse me, versus Demetrius Bubu Andre, I apologize, on November 25th for the, again, Benavidez's interim WBC super middleweight title, how is this fight going to go? What's going to happen? Well, let's break it down right now. When it comes to Bubu Andrade, Andrade it has been a brother who's, again, both of these fighters have claimed to be avoided, like I talked about at the top of the show, in the intro to the show. Both of these fighters have claimed to be avoided. Bubu Andre has been claimed to be avoided. 32-0, 19 KOs, decent power. Again, he's a brother who is a former two-division champion, and he's been a cat who has called out Canelo Alvarez before. It's been saying he should be in the in the mix for one of these big dogs before, and they said it's been hard to find a fight, and this fight between him and David Benavidez happened just like that, and now we get to see two legitimately top-primed ready prospects, or not prospects, two top-primed dominant fighters go up against each other. It's gonna be a phenomenal affair. When it comes to Bubu Andre, what does he bring to the table, like we always say? Talking about these fights, Andre brings awkward aggression. Andre, Andrade, Andre. We're gonna say Andre. I'm sorry. We got we got to stick with one. We're gonna stick with Andre. Bubu Andre brings awkward aggression to the fight when it comes to David Benavidez. He is a brother who is again physically he is strong for the division. He is he's legitimately strong, and he but but he uses he's he's he breaks the rules. One thing, he breaks a lot of rules when it comes to the world of boxing, the standards of the boxing world, the fundamentals of the boxing. He breaks a lot of, them. he fights in a, it's a very different beat than from many boxers, not only just in the division, but in all the boxing as a whole. It's strange. It's weird. And it's aggressive. And it's a lot. That's what, that, that's the biggest thing about Andre that makes him somebody that many people don't want to fight. He's awkward. He's aggressive, and he throws a lot. He will throw in volume. He's not afraid to let his hands go from awkward angles, from awkward positions, and from awkward rhythms. And in situations that you don't think, okay, a punch should be thrown, he will throw it. He will follow up shots with shots that don't make sense. He moves to the beat of his own drum, and it makes him hard to really relegate and understand as a boxer Couple that, again, similar to DeSantos, couple that with his legitimate athleticism and hand speed. His hand speed is something that people don't talk about enough. The reason why he can get away with what he does in the ring is the fact he's got quick hands to him. He can overwhelm an opponent so that they don't want to throw back because he will be able to throw at such a rapid pace. And the punches that he's throwing aren't just straights. It's hooks. Hooks on top of hooks. A combination of hooks flurries consistently one after the other. That's what he can do. And, he, and it just makes him strange. It makes him weird. But it makes him a legitimately formidable opponent. Why? Does, and it's a good reason why he walks around with the confidence that he's got. Not just with the accolades behind him. But because of the fact that his talent legitimately does speak for itself. And he's a fighter who starts out incredibly fast. He starts out very much. He will be looking to get to you. He'll look to make you uncomfortable in the immediate. In the start before stuff gets going. Many times I've seen this brother come out from round one as if it's he's down on the cards. Surprise his opponents with just outright aggression. You're not expecting it. You don't expect a lot of things from Demetrius Andre. But it works because he does it. And he fights in a beat all of his own. Loves to come forward, loves to have pressure, loves to be a man that sets the pace and president to stake his claim. Put his feet in the ground, come forward, and allow for himself to be the pacemaker. Make you out, get you out of the element that you want to get into by immediately establishing his own level of dominance, and this is how I'm coming at you. Now you have to adapt. He's He's a fighter that wants to punch first. He's a fighter that wants to get to you first. He's a fighter that wants to make you feel what he brings to the table first. And then you would not have to capitulate and move work around him rather than the other way around. That's the way it worked the best. And again, good power, you have to respect him. You gotta respect his pop. You gotta respect his unpredictability. Again, you know, it's not the KOs, it's not a great KO resume in 32 fights with only 19 KOs. But it's still it's respectable. It's 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 it's, it's good, it's good power. Legitimately, it's good power, physically. He's got good pouches all around. And generally, he's fast in all of his opponents, so all of this stuff works in his favor. It's a very weird conundrum that we see in Demetrius Andre. Boo-Boo gives boo-boos to a lot of his opponents because they don't understand figuring it out. It's incredibly difficult. It's, it's, It's not an easy task at all. He's got a real shot at winning against... David Benavidez, though we know the monster that he is, there is a way that we can see Demetrius Andre get to and win against David Benavidez. And the way for that is going, to be, is going to be turning into a ball. It's going to be turning it into a ball. Utilizing that awkward style to get to his opponent first, like he's been doing against other opponents. But utilizing his hand speed and aggression to try to keep David Benavidez on the defensive. Try to keep David Venus from having an opening to throw combination punches that we know David Venus is willing to do, that we know that he loves to throw, that we know has just bludgeoned and beat up opponents on a consistent basis. You be, get to him first before he's got an opportunity to lead the dance and keep that pressure on him because you won't be able to lit up. It's, it's got to be all or nothing. In terms of for Boo Boo it's got to be. He can't try to go in and box. He, he, he just can't. Because again, for all the awkwardness and talent and rule breaking that he's got at his disposal, which is justified, he's not, he won't be able to, he can't outbox him. He can't do it. Caleb Plant is a link's better boxer than Demetrius Andre, in my estimation, in terms of completely technical aspect. Fundamentally. Understanding of the sweet science. Caleb Plant's better than him. Yes, he is. Caleb Plant is a better pure boxer than we've seen Demetrius Andre be. But Caleb Plant couldn't do a thing trying to box him. The most of sex he had was when he actually that, turned into a brawl. And, 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 and not saying they didn't have to say it's one boxing, but we saw that that boxing didn't work and he had to go to plan B. And he, as a boxer, couldn't do, couldn't quell the dominance of David Benavidez. So Demetrius Andre, as a boxer, definitely doesn't have a shot in that regard, but he can turn it into a brawl and use his awkwardness to his advantage potentially. Get to him to where he can't throw back because of the outright volume to try to quell the forward pressure that we know David Benavidez is going to bring to the table by being the first one to get there in the immediate. That's a way that he could win. And again, his hand speed, combination punching, all of that in the rule-breaking aspect that that we see Andre use at his disposal can be something that can make Benavidez confused. Being frank, it can confuse him. He's got the opportunity to make David Davidez maybe not be as willing to throw and do what he's normally done to other opponents because now he's it's a conundrum to figure out, it's a cauldron of confusion in what is what Demetrius Andre is. And that cauldron can be something that if he serves it up to David Benavidez it makes him disorient makes him weary makes or not weary weary excuse me of exactly what should be done in the ring not saying it's going to stop him but i'm saying it can be something to give demetrius a shot at really making this fight go in his favor if it did go in his favor because again he's not going to be able to outbox he's going to to turn this into a brawl and a confusing brawl a whirling dervish With smoke, dust, debris, and everything, clouding the vision of David Benavidez. To give he's gonna be as he's gonna need to be more awkward, strange, and rule breaking than we've ever seen him before in his career against David Benavidez. If he wants to have a shot at winning. And we could very well see that. Again, boxing's unpredictable. It's a legitimate way that we could see him win. If he attacks the wide body of David Benavidez, coupled with the Awkward style and awkward offense that he brings to the table could be enough to mitigate the offense of David Benavidez to the point that maybe it can go to a decision in his favor in an upset win of of all upset wins. That's what that would be his best form of attack. That's what can happen if it comes to how Boo Boo can win this fight, how Demetrius Andre can win this fight. That's how it could go. That's how he would need to go if he, would, if he was actually having success. That's how we can win this fight. Being more awkward than ever, fighting first, attacking first, and making Bennett, David Benavidez confused with his onslaught of offense. Again, the whirling dervish of just outright awkward aggression. That's what we could see Andre use at his disposal to get out a win against him. But again, that's not how I think this fight's going to go. And who I think is going to win this fight will be David Benavides. And the reason being is because of the fact that, again, similar to Shakur Stevenson, we will see the same thing that we've seen him do against other opponents to Demetrius Andre. It's going to be that he'll be too much for him. Dave Benavides will be too much for Demetrius Andre. Plain and simple. I can stop it right there. But we go in detail when it comes to this show. We give you all everything. The specific reason why it'll be too much for Andre to actually be able to mitigate and handle when it comes to David Benavidez It's because of the fact that, what did I say at the start of this whole breakdown for how Boo Boo can win? He's got to turn it into a brawl. Well, that's what David Benavidez loves to do. He loves to make it a ball. He loves to make it a fight. He loves to get down and dirty. He loves to get physical. So you're essentially going into his own domain and saying, I'm too strange that you, in your own element, you won't be able to figure out. Yes, he will. And he will beat you up in the process. The very fact that your aggression is going to be on the inside is going to be the very thing that's going to be your downfall. Because you are so awkward and so wild. Yes, you're unpredictable. Understandable. Yeah, you're strange and you break rules. Absolutely. But breaking rules means that you also have some openings in your game. Breaking rules means making openings. Breaking rules means that you break a window in your own house. And something's going to fly in there. And when it comes to Demetrius Andre, so many things can fly in there. The biggest reason being is because he's off balance oftentimes. With that whirling dervish, he's off balance. Consistently off balance. We'll throw wide hooks. We'll throw full power swinging shots. Again, it's worked against other opponents. It's not going to work against David Benavides. It's not going to work because you will get caught in the middle of throwing those shots With four shots from David Benavides before you can even react. All of them will sit you down or bust you up. You won't be able to do that same level of whirling type offense to David Benavides because he will be able to get to all the openings in the windows in your own house that you've broken. Again, breaking rules means breaking windows in your own house. And because of that, David Benavidez will be able to get through those broken windows and consistently catch you. Short hooks, short uppercuts. Beat you up on the inside like he did with the Caleb Plant. Three, four, five punch combinations while you're trying to escape. Again, and one of the biggest things about David Benavidez that we saw in the Caleb Plant fight We underrated his ability to be able to get out of dodge with his feet. His footwork was something that I wasn't necessarily high on because I was so awed by the power. But his footwork is legitimately something that will give Andre some legitimate trouble. It's not. It's not elite, elite. We understand that. But it's good. Good to the point that we have seen him step back from shots, arms wide open, ready to go and counter with against Caleb Plant, a better, pure technical boxer with some of the best feet in the business. We've seen David and Benavides be able to do that. And he can do the same thing against Demetrius Andre. Step back, land counters. Make him miss. Make him waste energy. If he wants to. With his ability to perceive and get out the way of punches. Because he doesn't always just stand and bang. Though that's what he loves to do. That's why we love him. There's a real mind inside that David Benavidez. That monster, that Mexican monster, isn't just a monster. He's not dumb. He's smart. He's adaptable. And he's going to make Andre pay for every single wild shot that he's going to throw. Because he will throw them. Especially since, Dave, uh, especially since Andre's off balance, willing to waste energy throwing wild shots, will go for broke. At uncalled for times, not to mention the fact that his defense in terms of Demetrius Andre isn't what I would want to see for somebody as awkward as him. Oftentimes, he leans back with his hands there, Or if his hands are up, even within, in his defensive stance, it's still he goes the same way when he's trying to evade shots and shots can get through. And even if they don't get through against Dave Benavides, you will feel them throughout your entire body. Head moving isn't great for somebody as awkward as Demetrius Andre that I would want from somebody of his caliber of fighter. Again, offensively centric. His best defense is his offense. Now you're going up against somebody who's leagues better offensively, more destructive offensively. And, if I'm being perfectly honest, that's better defense than you. If I'm being completely honest, David Benavidez is going to pick apart Demetrius Andre and then run through him. Because Andre's off balance, because Andre likes to throw awkward wild shots, because Andre likes to fight first, because Andre likes to be the man to set the pace, it's going to be his own downfall. It's going to be his own undoing. It's going to be his own demise. That is going to kill him. That's going to, It's going to kill him. That's what. It's going to. The very thing that can win in the fight will kill him. It's going to kill him in this fight. Because he, again, awkwardness without great defense more often than not leads to you at some point or another getting tagged and put out. And that's what's going to happen in this fight. Tagged and put out. Or not, not tagged and put out. What have we said about David Benavidez. He will bludgeon you, hurt you, and beat you up. Tagged and then stopped. Bloodied. Bludgeoned. Bruised. Beat up. Black and blue. Whatever other B words you could think of. Just destroyed. On top of the fact that when I said that he likes to fight on the inside or he likes to throw combination punches, excuse me, and he likes to set the pace, the second biggest flaw outside of the aggression going to be his downfall and the awkwardness being not backed up by the defense necessary to make that awkwardness consistently effective and not put him in too much danger, especially against somebody like David Benavidez. It's the fact that he stays in the pocket too long. He stays in the pocket too long that offbeat, awkward rhythm that he likes to fight at, cool. Problem is, part of that offbeat, off rhythm is playing four, five, six, seven notes when you should've stopped at three and then backing it up with another five right afterwards. Succession after succession after succession of consistent notes or punches in this regard. And because that happens, he stays in the pocket too long. He doesn't get out. He stays in the fire too long. He stays in the midst of danger. More often than he needs to. Longer than he needs to. Because he's often been faster than his opponents. It's not going to be the case in this fight. He's not faster than David is. Hand speed. Not faster. Reaction speed. Not faster. Counterpunching ability. It's not to par when it comes to we both throwing, you're not going to be able to overwhelm him. And so if you consistently stay in the pocket and try to say, oh, I got him now against David Benavidez, you will get caught and you will get dropped. It's that simple. Caught, dropped, and then beat up all fight long. Because you are too awkward for your own good against David Benavidez. If you are Demetrius Andre you're too awkward you're going to be again the very thing that can win you this fight is going to lose you this fight you're too strange for your own accord you're too weird to the point that it will be your downfall you're now playing notes that are off against somebody else that will attack when the right time is and will hurt you when it's time to do it You can't stay in the pocket, but you're going to stay in the pocket if you're Demetrius Andre for too long, for too many strings of combinations. And you're going to get put away. You're going to get beat. You're going to get knocked out. And this fight, I got this fight ending like we've seen in many Dave Renabedia's fights. If it doesn't end early in three, it'll end late in eight because he will be beat up destroyed bruised cut energy sapped from under him body will be gone legs will be gone can't keep your guard up and now you turn fearful and then he'll finally get the ref to stop it in eight rounds after you've just been turned completely upside down. You won't look the same if you're Demetrius Andre. Because your own awkwardness is going to be your own downfall. And your willingness to throw and be first is going to be the very thing that keeps you in the fire for too long. In those continuous combinations that you love to throw. And you'll be done away with. Because your speed won't save you this time. That your awkwardness will be effective. It's not going to happen. going to see David Benavidez take away, systematically, your willingness to come on the inside, your want to come and fight first and land first, your energy from the body shots you will consistently throw, as well as the outright fear and pain from what you're now being hit with through your guard. And with your defense that isn't up to par, now flush on your face and body. Again, bruised and cut, the kingdom come. And late in eight, the fight will be done. If it's not not early in three, it's going to be late in eight, that you'll be knocked out, beat up. And like many other opponents, you have to take a long layoff. And closer and closer, we will now be able to see. David Benavidez. Going through the division, cleaning the house, and getting an opportunity to get, uh, again, to become inevitable for Canelo Alvarez to finally clash and fight against him, which is going to be a joy to see, and I can't wait for it, absolutely. But with that being said, this has been another episode of The Welch Report with me, your host, jean Luke Welch. Thank you so much for joining me on this show. We had some fine times. Yes, indeed. Got a bunch of fights. Coming down the pipe Oh don't worry I didn't forget to talk about The UFC With Alex Pereira Beating Yeram For the Again to become a Two division Champion Historical feats In only 11 fights I didn't forget to talk about it you just going to have to listen to it on my ESPN podcast, The Neutral Corner, on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on ESPN, 730 of The Game. Tune in to that. This Wednesday to hear me talk about that fight and break down that fight. There was much more going on in the combat sports world, but I've been the clips. Y'all have been wonderful and beautiful. Thank you so much for our subscribers. Keep on supporting. Peace and love. We are out of here. Until next time.